You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hola, hola. Welcome to the One Small Buy Podcast. I'm your host, David Orozco, registered dietitian nutritionist, certified intuitive eating counselor, and I practice from a weight-inclusive, health-at-every-size, and you know what? Body-positive approach. In this One Small Bite Podcast, you're going to learn ways that'll help you chop diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. And today, I've got a good one for you. Before I get started, I just want to let you know a little disclaimer. In this show, we provide you with informational and educational information mostly, and this is not intended to cure you or to help with your specific nutrition or health-related problems. I highly recommend that you seek out a registered dietitian nutritionist in your area to help you specifically with your needs. I also want to let you know that in this show, I don't bleep out curse words. So for you that are listening with the little ones, just a heads up that sometimes we do use some of those superlatives. Okay, in today's show, I'm going to talk to you about GLP-1 agonist drugs. I think you might know them better as the new mega weight loss medications, Ozempic, Wagovi, Manjaro, I think most popular is probably the Ozempic one. I had a few clients over the last several months that have asked me about these medications. Either they have already been prescribed and are coming off of it, or some clients are considering them. Some clients have already taken twice these medications And a lot of clients come to me after their physician or nurse practitioner or physician's assistant from their primary care has suggested or had already just prescribed them for them. And so a lot of people come to me asking what I think about the weight loss drugs, what they do, or they also come to me asking, how do you help me enhance the benefit of the weight I've lost or keep the weight off? now that I'm not not on the medication anymore. So these are incredibly popular right now. They, they, they have a huge back order on prescriptions. And unfortunately, many people are waiting months to get them. You know, alternatively, many insurance companies are also denying coverage as well. But you know what? Doctors and primary care physicians can continue prescribing them. They, it's like candy almost. <laughs> and what it really reminds me of is the Oxycontin opioid epidemic. I mean, these are really big. A lot of celebrities have been using them and swearing by them. So the question really is, is are they really the magic weight loss shot drug or not? Well, let me, let me actually shed some light on them first. 
Let's talk about what they are. They are synthetic versions of the natural digestive hormone called GLP-1, also known as glucagon-like peptide 1. They work by slowing the emptying of food from the stomach into the small intestine. This, in turn, makes people feel fuller longer and therefore it suppresses their appetite. What they also do is they act in the pancreas to stop the production of glucagon. Glucagon is a hormone that releases glucose into the blood. And it also works on increasing the release or triggering the release of insulin. So these two things, the reduction of glucose in your blood and the release of insulin helps the absorption of glucose go into the cells, supposedly. Uh, and so this is where it got its start. It got its start as a diabetes medi medication. The, the other thing that it also does, as I mentioned a little while ago, is that it helps slow gastric emptying. In other words, it slows the way food empties out of the stomach, which means that your body releases less glucose from the food because there's less time and it increases your satiety or makes you feel fuller longer. So your brain processes that as hung uh, lack of hunger or satiety. So... The drug has its benefits for people with type 2 diabetes, but what they've found is over the years, people have been losing weight on these types of drugs, and there have been various types of drugs that have been um, produced. The early ones were known as exenatide and dulaglutide. They're also known dulaglutide as trulicity and exenatide as bieta. Now, when these first came out, they had some benefit for people with type 2 diabetes. It did help them manage blood sugar, but it had many side effects. So these are what we call maybe the first generation um, tides out there or GLP-1 agonists. The next ones that came out were laraglutide and lexinitide. Sorry, this one gets me a little confused, but... Laraglutide is also known as Victosa. This is one of the more popular ones. And it was the next generation of these types of GLP-1 agonists. And what they have found was it did improve a little bit, but people were still having the side effects. So next comes along the third generation of these drugs. And that's where we get the semaglutides, or as some people would pronounce them, semaglutide. Whichever you want, semaglutide, semaglutide, doesn't matter. They're, that semaglutide is essentially the Ozempic. They're also known as Rebelsis or the Wagovi. The newer ones, Manjaro, which you heard me talk about a little while ago, is the Terzeptatide. <laughs> These sound like dinosaurs almost. <laughs> it's hilarious, quite honestly. But the difference between the Manjaro is that it not only works as a GLP-1, but it works on another intestinal hormone that's called GIP. And so this is also a type of hormone that helps reduce the absorption of glu glucose and therefore your body is sensing less need to consume food. So it aids in the appetite suppression. So these do well in helping the body manage blood sugar levels. And it actually does, in most cases, help a lot of people lose weight. 
And so this is one of the reasons why these medications are been or have been so popular. The one that's been, of course, the most popular is Ozempic, but the only one that has actually been allowed to be used or approved by the FBA to be used in weight loss specifically has been Wagovi. Now, the way doctors prescribe these medications is that they start you out at a low dose, um, 0.25. They are injections. They You take the injections once a week um, uh, subcutaneously, so under the fat of skin. So you would pinch a little bit on your side, your love handles, or maybe your thighs, or under your arms, um, just below or just around the tricep area. And you do the injection once a week, and usually the medication will last for about seven days. The more intense of the medication is actually at the first few days, three to four days, and then it starts wearing off by the fifth or sixth day. And so, therefore, that's why you have to take the medication seven days. It actually stays in your system for almost about 10 to 14 days, but it starts wearing down, and this is one of the reasons why you can take the, continue taking the medication. So you essentially need a shot once a week. And as I was mentioning a little while ago, the medication is started at the low dose usually, and then you have to titrate it up, especially if the medication starts not working as well or your body may build a tolerance to it. I'm not 100% sure if that's what happens, but the increases, I think, are up to about uh, seven to eight different increases, and they're increased in uh, half dosages. So you go from 0.25 to 5, and then 0.75, then 1, and then 1.25. I mean, you can jump, or the doctor may prescribe a little bit more. Just the term depends on the individual, actually. So each person is a little bit different, but we do know that there is a max dose. And the research is mostly on the greatest amount of weight loss on the max dose. We're going to talk about the side effects in just a little bit. And here is the real answer to the question. Well, do they work? Well, it really depends on what we're asking. Do they work for lowering blood sugar levels and helping someone with diabetes manage their blood sugars? Absolutely, it does. Does it help people lose weight? Yes, it actually does. However, it really depends on the individual. So weight loss is complicated. Weight loss is not the same for every individual, just as weight gain is not exactly the same. There are a lot of factors to weight gain and weight loss in life. Yes, absolutely. If you eat less, will you lose weight? More than likely. I mean, it's starvation, in other words, and that will happen. Their body will essentially start decomposing itself as much as possible, try to keep you alive. Let me also talk about what the cost of these medications are. So let me first talk to you about what they cost roughly. So it depends on, of course, the drug, the pharmacy, the dosage, the time of year. But roughly, the cost is about $1,300 per month or for a month's supply. So four shots a month. So that's the out-of-pocket cost. Will insurance cover it? Well, that's another tough question because I'm starting to see more and more insurance companies not cover this medication, which is tough because, you know, some people really are hinging on the fact that they should have this medication. 
And there's other challenges. People with type 2 diabetes can't get these medications because pharmacies don't have enough. And so the overprescription of these medications are driving the demand so high that they can't get it. The other thing is because the demand is so high, it makes people have to wait to get these medications. And a lot of people, at least I've seen it myself, are actually going out and buying the drug themselves and not waiting on the insurance. It's uh, crazy how viral these drugs have become. Oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. (laughs) But generally, insurance companies may or not cover this medication. So, or these medications. Therefore, it's important for you, if you are considering getting this medication, to talk to your insurance. But let me get to that in a little bit later in this podcast. Let's talk about the side effects. Well, the most common side effects include nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, and of course, loss of appetite. However, this also means fatigue or low energy. And most of that fatigue and low energy is because, quite simply, you're not eating. And so that may represent that your MAP metabolism starts slowing down. Now, this is a challenge, but what your body will tend to do is it will try to dump more glucose into your blood. Now, the problem is, is because these GLP-1 agonists also affect the pancreas's production of glucagon, which is the opposing hormone to insulin. So insulin helps you absorb glucose into the cells, whereas, or take sugar out of the blood, whereas glucagon helps you release sugar into the cell, into your blood. And so therefore, because it prevents glucagon from working, therefore, your body's energy levels are being fought. So it's really important to understand that energy fatigue is something that's a very common problem with this medication. In some extreme cases, the medication, the GLP-1 agonist, can damage the pancreas or the kidneys as well because the kidneys are involved in the process of the medication as well. All right, so here's another interesting question that should be asked along with this. Will the medication last? Okay, we simply don't know the answer to that. We actually don't have research on these drugs that go beyond two years. We might start seeing some cases, but the medications themselves don't have research beyond the two years. Again, this reminds me of bariatric surgery. It was the same thing for decades now. We don't have research on Or I should say, we are just now starting to see research on bariatric surgery long-term. You know, we're talking about 5 to 15 years out of post-bariatric surgery. But um, for these weight loss medications, unfortunately, we don't have anything beyond two years. So we do know that as soon as someone stops taking their medication, the appetite may actually come back. And here's the thing, it usually does. And it actually comes back even more. In my experience, what I see is people's cravings actually come back even harder. And the problem with these medications is that while they help reduce your appetite and help you lose weight, they don't actually work at the core of why somebody is having a negative relationship to food. So, for example, those cravings, people talk to me about snacking at night or having a sweet tooth or wanting to have chips while watching TV and and can't have these foods around because they control them. 
the, the foods control the person, right? And there's a deeper meaning. Let me give you an, a little uh, uh, an idea of what I mean by this. I had a client not so long ago, and when we were talking about his eating and his cravings, one of the things that he said was, I tend to go to a convenience store after breakfast and stop in and get something to eat. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more. What are you having for breakfast? And so usually he'll have you know, oatmeal, or he might have coffee and a granola bar. So this is what he was calling breakfast. And this is actually what I see with a lot of people that I work with. They call this breakfast. And I, yeah, I understand, but it's actually not breakfast. When you compare how much you eat for dinner to how much you eat for breakfast, most people will tell you, oh, no, I I couldn't eat how much I have for dinner for breakfast. And of course you can't, because by the time dinner comes around, you're starving. You can almost eat a hand off your fist if you had to. So this is one of the reasons why he was going to the convenience store. He was getting some of that rolling food And the thing is, is that he would have it in the car. And the reason he would have it in the car is so people wouldn't see him eat it. And he was afraid that if people were to see him eat these kind of foods, he would be labeled as, you see, that's one of those gluttonous individuals that just eat this garbage food, and therefore that's why they're so big. Well, unfortunately, what was happening was a deeper-rooted sense of belonging. And he didn't want to push away people that he was trying to impress. There was that belonging. And so this was at the root cause of what was going on. It really wasn't the food. Now, I can say, and back up a little bit, I can say that what was also going on was he just wasn't eating enough for breakfast. And, And usually when I tell clients that they're not eating enough, what I mean is, yes, you want to get a variety of food groups, right? The food groups that incorporate fresh fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, healthy carbs, high fiber. You've heard all of that, right? Healthy forms of protein. But what also needs to be incorporated are foods that you enjoy. So if you want a sausage with your breakfast, have a sausage. If you want a biscuit, if you want pizza for breakfast, if you want ice cream, Yeah, I know I'm saying these things. It sounds absolutely absurd that I say these things. But what's beautiful is if you have something that you enjoy, especially something that maybe you enjoyed when you were a kid, then there's a greater likelihood that you're also filling your soul, okay? Yeah, you know, that's one of the taglines to this podcast, nourish your soul. I call the seven food groups, fruits, vegetables, proteins, grains, dairy, fat. And then the seventh one is what I call fun. So adding a variety of these food groups, including fun when you can, really makes the completeness of your meal. And therefore, you can share it with someone. You don't have to be sneaking around anymore. And knowing that you are enough, that's a big one. A lot of people have that unfortunate sense that they're not enough, especially when they eat like this and they're hiding and it perpetuates the continuation of doing the same thing and gets people stuck in a rut. Okay, so this is what, therefore, I recommend if you are a person that is considering taking one of these GLP-1 agonists. Let me back up a second before I tell you. Am I against taking these medications? Definitely not. If you have type 2 diabetes and your doctor recommends having these medications, I think that they're important to help in the management of blood sugar levels. And I think that that will help. There is also some people that I am not going to get in the way if they want to try to lose weight. 
Everyone has their own prerogative and priorities. If they want to try to lose weight, I'm not going to get in the way. I don't think it's healthy for a person to lose weight. Is it important that someone lose some weight? Yes, probably. But it has to be individualized. It has to be for the individual. So that's my first recommendation. My next recommendation is take your time. There is no rush. Get information. Make sure you do some research. The next is find out what's working for others. How have they adjusted in using this medication? And how has it affected their eating? How has it affected once they stop taking it? Find out more information if you can. The other thing too is find out if you're a candidate for the drug. You might not be a candidate for drug and along the lines, you probably need to contact your insurance to see if they'll even cover it because quite honestly, you might have to pay out of pocket. And that's not a cheap thing to pay $13 or more, $1,300 a month. Look, here's another thing that I tell clients too. If you're going to eat out, it's going to be difficult. It might be even awkward because everyone's going to be eating, but maybe you don't want to. This happened just the other day. A few months back, my sister was visiting. She's been taking Wagovi. And when we tried to get something to eat, she was trying to pick the food. But we were like, hey, Angie, what's going on? And of course, we realize, oh, that's right, it's the medication. So it's, you know, it, you're, you're going to have to think about, you're going to need to have this conversation with people. And after a while, people hearing, you know, I'm not hungry or no, I don't want that. Or you get tired of explaining to yourself. And when people invite you out to dinner, you, you usually will say, no, I'm not going to go. And I've seen this happen. People end up not hanging out with friends or family because they don't want to have to talk about what's going on or them taking that drug or they're trying to lose weight and then they're, maybe they're not successful. That's not the conversation. And so people end up just not going and more loneliness creeps in. That just makes things worse, right? The other thing that if you start taking the medication that I tell a lot of my clients is try to stick with a structure or an eating rhythm, an eating routine. Talk about the rhythm of eating at another episode. But what I mean by that is try to get the three meals in the day or one or two snacks. Now, this is really, really hard, but this is something that I do with clients quite often is try to get them, even while they're on the medication, to get them to eat those three meals in the day. Because remember, we got to get enough energy in your system to help fight some of that fatigue. But some of that you just unfortunately cannot do. You know, metabolism is probably going to slow down because even though we try to help clients eat more while they're taking these medications, they work really well. (laughs) And so... The other thing is you have to pay attention to your body. The medication just may not work for you. I have a client where she only lost about five or six pounds over the three and a half months that she was taking the medication, and it just didn't work for her. Paying attention to her body also meant that her fatigue and her exhaustion was just through the roof. And I had another client where she developed gastroparesis, which is the actual dysfunction of your stomach to lose or to empty food out of the the, the pouch. So we've got to pay attention to this. And then the last thing I say to them is, look, think of the long term. Consider what will happen once you're off the medication. There is an incredibly high likelihood that you will not only gain the weight that you lost, but you'll probably gain more because the single greatest predictor of weight gain is weight loss. When you look at a lot of people that have tried to lose weight, they've probably have tried to lose weight more than at least once. 
And every single time they've tried to lose weight, usually when they try to lose weight, then subsequent times, they're at a higher weight than when they ever started to begin with. Usually, not always, but usually. So over time, we're starting to see people go through this weight cycling effect, which creates an intolerance to weight loss over time. Your body's going to see this as a stress. It looks at weight loss as a form of starvation. And it's like, no, I'm going to hold on to as much energy as possible. So the little that you do food, it's... Uh, um, the little that you do eat is going to be stored as energy. So, are they a magic bullet? Nah, far from it. And quite frankly, I don't subscribe to the idea that any one drug will keep the weight off. I actually don't see these drugs nourishing our lives. Think through some of this. I am happy to answer any questions if you have more questions about this drug or these types of drugs. And if you're considering it, please feel free to reach out. You can reach me at info at orozconutrition.com or you can go to my website and check us out. Listen, by the way, if you go to my website, you'll see a few new things. I have a men's group that's starting in January. That means that I'm going to be doing a group coaching program. It's a nine-week program. I'm really excited about this. This is for men only, and we're going to look at topics that are specific to men's health and what's going to happen over the time that we're together is we're going to talk about specific eating, sleeping, physical activity, purging of old habits, and the important part here, which is connection, we will provide an online hub where people can connect with each other and we'll have information up there and resources. We will meet once a week virtually, but we'll also try to meet in person a couple of times. And then the best part is you'll get one-on-one with me to help with your goals. So look forward to or keep an eye out for more information about my new program for men. It's called Live a Nourished Life. Okay, watch out for that. I've got more coming up. And hey, one last thing I do want to say. I know I've been off the scene for a while. My apologies. I really didn't need it to take a break to see what I can do. But I truly enjoy doing these podcasts. I really do. So I'm just letting it flow. And I hope this information is going to help at least one person. And if it does, you know what? Here, do me a favor. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. And if not, tell people about this podcast because the one thing that really lights up my day is when I see those downloads, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, people are really liking this episode because that's certainly one thing that helps me realize what you all like to listen to. All right, folks, I appreciate you listening in. Thanks so much once again. And remember, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Till next time, ciao. Oh, yeah.